The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Hey, hey, welcome to the Disability Law Show. That means it's a Friday. That means the weekend is here. But first, got a half hour of learning to do. It's going to be uh, going to be pretty interesting stuff. This may be really, really necessary for you in the not-too-distant future. Maybe it already is. If you have a family member or a pal or a colleague who's dealing with a disability insurer, that's why we do this show every week to inform you and educate you. You want to reach out to either Savan Tamarkin, co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, or Albert Klein. Here is the number, guys, 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Help at disabilityrights.ca. And there's an excellent website which has short, concise, non-legalese memos for you to read and learn as well called LTD. FAQ.ca. That obviously is uh, free and anonymous. You can use anytime. Again, LTDFAQ.ca. Lots of emails already piling up, guys. We'll get to those in just a minute, but we always start off with something that's happening um, on your side. First, Savannah, what do you got going on, pal? John, uh, it's been a very busy week uh, for all our lawyers. And again, we help people with long term disability claims and injury claims across Ontario uh, and other provinces as well. But Ontario is our main focus. That's where I reside. Albert resides. And I can tell you, John, uh, you know, we do a TV show, obviously, uh, that people know about each and every week uh, that, again, airs uh, in multiple provinces, including Ontario, about long-term disability issues. And I'll tell you, sometimes you get stopped on the street. It's a little embarrassing, but people say thank you. And it just happened to me just last week. I was actually at my local gym here, uh, Good Life Gym, where I live. And a lady just came out of nowhere. A lady that I've been seeing, uh, you know, work out there um, for quite a few years. And she came by and says, we don't know each other, she says, but are you that disability lawyer? And stop stopping my workout. Uh, you know, I, I looked at her and I said, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, well, just so you know, uh, you know, I've been watching your show and I've been going through some things and you've been extremely helpful. Uh, uh, helpful. I haven't needed your services yet, uh, but it really the advice you've been given and the the advice your colleagues have been giving on the radio, on TV, it's just gold. And and that's it. And then she just went back to doing what she was doing before. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we have to stop ourselves, uh, Albert and I, James and other people, you know, on our team. And we we are proud of what we do, which is to educate the public. Because, you know, when people are dealing with long-term disability issues, they're already dealing with an illness or an injury or a combination of both. It could be psychological or physical or, or a manifestation of both. And and they feel like the whole world is against them, their body is against them, their mind is against them. And it's just nice for them to know that there's someone out there that cares and has the ability to help them if they come across an insurance company, their insurance company that puts up roadblocks as opposed to be doing what they're supposed to do which is help them. Because remember, when you have coverage for long-term disability, what that means is that you're supposed to have a safety net, a monetary safety net. That's why you've been paying premiums or your employer has been paying premiums. These insurance companies are not doing this for free. Mm-hmm. And so when someone can't work because of an illness or an injury, physical or psychological or both, and they apply for long-term disability and they get denied or or they just, you know, get the runaround. The insurance company is just 
uh, you know, not giving them what they're supposed to, or they're telling them you got to do this or you got to do that, or they're being aggressive towards them. To these individuals who are already disabled, this is where we come in. We will give you the information you need for free. And if you need help, if the insurance company has denied you unjustly and unlawfully, we will step in, we will deal with the insurance company on your behalf, we will push back, and we will force these insurers to pay what they owe. That's what we do each and every day. And quite a few of us lawyers on our team have actually worked for insurance companies in the past, so we also understand the other side of things. So don't be afraid. Give us a call, email us, any questions you have. You may not need us, just like this lady who's been watching this TV show for, uh, I don't know if it's years, but certainly for quite a while, and she's gotten the benefit out of that. And honestly, John, this is exactly what we're doing this for. This show and all the other shows is to educate the public and give this information, which traditionally lawyers have held close to their hearts and, and have told people, pay us before we help you. We work the other way. We will give out this information, and if at any point you need us or someone you know may need us, then get in touch with us and we will help you. Guys, again, one 821 5900 Anytime to reach out, help at disabilityrights.ca. Uh, Albert, you're up next, pal. What do you got to share? Absolutely. So I just want to reiterate that our consultations are 100% free. So you never lose anything by actually giving us a call. And if there's something that can be done that doesn't require our assistance, and it's something that you can completely do yourself or that just doesn't require the assistance of any lawyer, we're going to tell you that. We're not we're not in the business of just getting retained by people just for the sake of doing it. We if we can help someone in a way that doesn't doesn't cost anyone any money, we're going to do that. And in fact, I had this instance very very instance happen and was advised yesterday that a potential client that I just spoke with a month ago she was actually able to overturn her decision on my advice and get her benefits reinstated. And in her situation, she was on LTD. She had been for a couple of years and her policy had a provision which stated that when she is eligible for a full pension, her benefit payments stop. And so in, in October of this year, she was advised that her long-term disability ba- benefit payments were going to be terminated on the basis that the insurer believe that she was eligible for a full pension as of November 1st of this year. In fact, she told me that she wasn't actually eligible for a full pension until July of next year. So we have about a seven or eight months that she should still be getting benefits for. And she knows all of this information, but she still wanted to get us involved and help broker this. I told her, look, there's no reason for us to get involved. I'm more than happy to do it. And I'm even more than happy to write a letter to them if you, if you need. We can see where that goes. And she said, no, I'll just write to them. Just tell me exactly what to say. So I so I ghost drafted an email to her, email for her. She wrote to her insurer, actually providing the information which said that her full pension wasn't actually eligible until July of 2023. And the insurance company just re- reinstated her benefits. She doesn't have to pay any lawyer fees. And my point is this. If, if there's something that we can do and, and we can get you a quick resolution without, without much work, we're going to do that. We're not mm-hmm. in the business of charging people unnecessarily. And at the end of the day, we want to help people and make sure that they get their benefits reinstated when they're wrongfully, when they're wrongfully terminated. And so it, it, it's, it's a great outcome. Glad that she didn't have to go through any extensive litigation. And, uh, and it's nice to see these things happen. 
Guys, let's get into our first email of the evening. This one comes down from Tom, says, uh, hey, guys, I recently watched your program. There you go. And I have a question. I have a uh, seizure disorder, the frequency of which does not allow me to perform my job adequately. Does this qualify as a disability where I would be entitled to take time off work in order to heal? What do you think, Savannah? So the answer is yes, Tom. Uh, whether it's a seizure disorder, which incidentally, if it's a seizure disorder, we're talking about something presumably serious, neurological, I would think in nature, and although I'm not a doctor, uh, but that's what it sounds like to me. Tom, the reality is that if you suffer from any illness or injury that prevents you from performing the essential tasks of your own occupation, of your job essentially, well then you are entitled for long-term disability assuming you have that coverage. Where most people go wrong, John, when they do this analysis, that includes doctors, that includes some lawyers who just dabble in long-term disability law as opposed to those who practice it day in and day out, is they look at the term totally disabled or total disability in an LTD policy and they then think to themselves, well, what does that mean? If I simply have a seizure disorder where once in a while I have a seizure and I can't really do my job, but I'm also not confined to my bed, well, I'm not totally disabled. I can take care of myself. I can get up in the morning. I can brush my teeth. Maybe I can, you know, pack the lunch from my kid's school. Uh, I'm not totally disabled, but that's not the test. So when someone like Tom is asking us, I have a disorder. And the frequency of that disorder, in this case, seizure disorder, does that, does that allow me to, to perform my job? You know, does that qualify? Well, the answer is yes, absolutely. The only thing I would say, though, is that, Tom, you would, re you would need uh, a letter from your doctor or your doctor to fill out the necessary application and paperwork to explain why it is that you need to be off work and need time to be off work, the kind of treatments you are undergoing, etc., that is part of that application process for long-term disability or short-term disability, for that matter, uh, if, if you have access to short-term disability benefits. So the answer is, whether it's a seizure disorder, whether it's another disorder, whether it's uh, MS or cancer or a psychological issue, PTSD, depression, anxiety, chronic pain, anything that prevents you from performing the essential tasks of your own occupation for those first two years of being on LTD, that entitles you or should entitle you for long-term disability. And so the question becomes then for Tom, well, what happens if he applies? He has his doctor behind him, his neurologist, his GP, anyone else. And, and despite all this information, despite all the medical support, the insurance company comes back and says, well, guess what? We're going to deny your claim for this reason or another reason. That's when you, Tom, contact us and we jump into action and we will help you. And we've seen many times, incidentally, where insurance companies uh, deny claims, not just for disorders of this nature, but for things that you would just not think about, John. I mean, people who are undergoing cancer treatments, chemotherapy, and, and other kinds of treatments, insurance companies left and right, they deny claims for no apparent reason or no good reason, and we help overturn the decisions, or we simply fight and force the insurance companies to pay whatever appropriate settlement there is that should be paid for the claim. So if Gotta anybody has one. those questions, they yep. should contact us.
You bet. Got to take a, a short break here. We'll slide right back into it. In the meantime, here is how you uh, get a hold of uh, Savan or Albert anytime. one 821 5900 that email address we keep pulling from. We'll continue to do so is help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue Friday night edition of the Disability Law Show. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back to Disability Law Show. To reach out to uh, Savannah Tamarkin or Albert Klein anytime, one 855 821 5900 email is a help at disabilityrights.ca or just disabilityrights.ca that will give you links to past shows and our long running TV show as well. So you want to check that out. And another place for you to ask questions anonymously. It's got a built in um, searchable database too. It's called mydisabilityquestions.com. Okay, I'm going to throw this one over to you first. Anthony uh, emailed, says, guys, uh, many medical professionals do not want to become involved in the legal process. Aside from anxiety and depression, do you have medical professionals, psychiatrists, who can help provide the medical evidence to support a claim? Things like trauma, PTSD, dissociation, stuff like that. So, Anthony, that's a a great question and, and astute observation. I mean, oftentimes, and it's unfortunate, but treating providers often do not want to be involved in the legal process whatsoever. And sometimes they have misconceptions with respect to what the nature of that involvement may actually require. And so, I mean, oftentimes I'll actually speak with my clients' treatment providers and give them a bit of a sense as to exactly what they can expect And generally speaking, the nature of their involvement is going to be very, very minimal. It's usually just going to be stating the facts, which is that you are suffering from a medical condition which is preventing or impacting your ability to work. And so in the event that your treatment providers continue to not be willing to actually endorse that or or be involved in the litigation process whatsoever in spite of something that your lawyer made may tell them or any conversations that we may have. Uh, generally speaking, we try not to get involved with the actual referrals to other treatment providers that may be in a position to actually get involved in the legal process. And the reason for that is we want to seem unbiased. We don't, we don't want to seem like we are, are playing an active role in what your doctors or treatment providers are actively saying. However, there's a distinction between treatment providers and experts. And so if, if the litigation continues to, uh, continues to uh, go down the litigation path and ultimately we're not able to reach a resolution with your insurance company, sometimes we will actually get an expert to assess you for a day or two, similar to what the insurance companies do, to provide an expert opinion as to whether or not you can or cannot work. These only go so far though. And generally speaking, what's going to win your case at the end of the day is having your own treatment providers support you, support you. So sometimes there's not so much that you can do and you can't force someone to be involved in a legal process or to write you a letter, but oftentimes just a simple conversation with the lawyer will change your, will change your doctor or treatment providers tune. Savannah, anything to add? 
yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with you in terms of the fact that the treating doctors are really the key here. We have a full roster of experts that we can go to who are top of their fields to help us bolster any claim. Uh, but it is very difficult to go after an insurance company and say that they're wrong with their decision, especially if they're saying that the individual uh, is not disabled or there is not sufficient medical support without a treating doctor. Albert's right. I mean, when we speak with some of these treatment providers, oftentimes we find that they're simply, you know, they have misconceptions about the process. They don't really fully understand how it works. And really, all we're not asking them to do anything that otherwise they would not be doing anyways in terms of providing an opinion to their own patients. I mean, if you're disabled, you're going to ask your doctor, what can I do? What should I not do? What is against medical advice? Uh, what is? Uh, what are the treatments that I need to do? All we're asking doctors to do is to provide that same information, but in a certain format for the insurance company. So the insurance company can digest this information. Remember, insurance companies operate on documentation. They need to read this stuff. They need to understand the full scope of the disability so that they can understand why it is that you are disabled functionally from working. So Anthony, the reality is that you need to get a doctor or doctors to support you here. And if your doctor is not supportive, then you may want to think about switching doctors because clearly they're not helping you. Maybe they're helping you medically, but there is that other element, which is that, you know, you're entitled to, to benefits from your insurance company. Uh, but if at some point in the proceeding, we feel that we need to get someone else like an expert, as Albert said, we have those experts. We have those experts for uh, various physical types of, of injuries and illnesses. We have orthopedic surgeons. We have chronic pain specialists. We have psychologists, psychiatrists. But we have those individuals not for the purposes of, tr of, of treating the individual, but providing assessments and providing what's called the medical legal report that we pay for as a firm. It's a disbursement, it's an expense that we incur because these things can be very expensive. But again, they are the second side of advancing this kind of a claim. The first side or, or the primary source that we go to are the treating doctor's opinions. Guys, let's move on to Cheryl. A uh, interesting email here. She says, uh, Savan, Albert, I have been diagnosed with conversion disorder from my neurologist, psychiatrist, and family doctor. I'm on long-term disability. The insurance company has requested I discuss with a third-party psychiatrist recommended by the insurance company, which I complied and agreed. Two months later, they're now sending me to another psychiatrist they recommend who most likely is biased with the insurance company. They're looking for another confirmed diagnosis and treatment. I feel like they're looking for ways to deny and continue coverage and force me back to work. What rights do I have when meeting with a psychiatrist? And if I'm for, uh, forced back to work, conversion disorder is a mental illness that produces mental and physical symptoms. It's very stressful having to continually prove to the insurance company of my condition. Your advice means a lot. You know, we've seen this before uh, many times. I'm very familiar with conversion disorder. I had actually had a client uh, that uh, developed that. And uh, I spoke with the psychiatrist, um, actually quite a few psychiatrists and psychologists about this diagnosis. 
Look, Cheryl, the insurance company is entitled to have you assessed by one of their experts, but they don't have free reign. It's not carte blanche. They can't simply say, we're going to go doctor shopping. And if you don't like the opinion of one expert that we use, then we're going to then send you to another expert and another expert. They can't do that. You know, John, we've spoken a lot on this show about the rights that insurance companies have and the rights that individuals have, and that sometimes insurance companies overstep their bounds. One thing you need to remember here, and I'm talking now to our audience at large, is that the insurance company cannot simply do whatever it wants. The relationship between the individual, the insured person, and the insurance company is a contractual relationship, meaning that that relationship is governed by a contract. That contract is the LTD policy. And so when we are looking to see what are the rights of the insurance company or what are the rights of the individual or the obligations of, of both, we look at the wording of the policy. And you will find in virtually every one of these policies a right or a provision that allows the insurance company to have you assessed by their own experts, their own doctors, their own whoever it is that they want to send you to, but it's not an unlimited right. And when it comes to assessing you, um, having you assessed by a, another psychiatrist, for example, Cheryl, they do not have the ability to keep sending you to multiple psychiatrists. The other thing to consider here, John, is that they're shooting themselves in the foot because the reality is that if the psychiatrist that they first send her to provide an opinion that is contrary to what they wanted to hear, meaning more aligned with Cheryl's own uh, neurologist, psychiatrist, and family doctor, if we started the legal process, the legal claim, the insurance company is going to have to provide us their notes. They're going to provide us the reports, whatever it is that they had received from that first psychiatrist that provided an opinion that is contrary to what the insurance company wanted to hear. And so we can make out an argument then down the road that the insurance company, by sending Cheryl to a, a second or even third uh, assessment, were essentially doctor shopping, expert shopping. Huh. And that can that can give rise to uh, you know a claim that the insurance company was operating in bad faith. And remember, insurance companies have a duty of good faith towards uh, you know towards insurers. They can't just you know treat you as an adversary. That there is this special relationship. They're supposed to be there for you. They're supposed to treat you right. Uh, they have a fiduciary duty. So so Cheryl, you have a right to say no to subsequent assessment. But before you do that, I would want to speak with you. I would want to actually review the words, uh, the wording of the policy uh, and then advise you specifically on what your rights are vis-a-vis -vis your specific policy. And to answer the other question that you have here is, can you be forced back to work or what rights do you have? No one can force you back to work. Mm -hmm. The most the insurance company can do is say, we're going to cut off your benefits if you do not go back to work. But by them doing that, if they're not allowed to do that, that means they've already breached their obligations under the contract, which means you have a legal right against them, and we can go and enforce that against them. So, John, this seems like a, a, a pretty clear example of an insurance company abusing uh, it, the policy and abusing its relationship with Cheryl, and we can help her with that. Guys, there's so much more to discuss, but we've got to wait till the next time around, and you can catch a TV show as well for a for longer a longer journey with Savannah and company. That happens by going to disabilityrights.ca and going to the media page under Knowledge Center. You'll find the drop-down menu there. But in the meantime, reaching out to Albert or Savannah by phone, one 855 
888-821-5900. That email address we always use. You can use it as well anytime, maybe appear on a show later. That would be help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show. Enjoy your weekend. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.